Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Left hand drive to Gordon. Cross court pass Mack. Wide open. Right corner three for the tie. You bet. Tied at 73. They've climbed all the way back from 18 down. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for October 4th. 2016, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, after the Jazz lost to the Portland Trailblazers in Game 1 of the preseason. We'll break it down, what to look at, early signs of how things looked, and some new twists. Then we'll dig into Dante and where that was, lineup combinations and the rest, plus we'll check the national headlines and all the news from around the NBA. It's coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in. Super appreciate all the five-star ratings on iTunes and all the other podcatchers out there. It makes all the difference in the world. So thank you uh, very, very much for taking the time to do that. And most of all, to listening, telling a few friends, and letting this show grow as it is. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sherlock Intelligence. They have some really interesting data collection work they're doing for the Lockdown Podcast Network as well. And we'll get you some more information about Sherlock Intelligence coming up and from Casper Mattresses, casper.com slash locked. So actually, excuse me, casper.com slash jazz. Oh, my gosh. I almost gave you the wrong uh, note there. I didn't, that, that would have been terrible casper.com slash jazz uh there for you uh check that out and find out all the latest at casper sorry that he wouldn't have gotten you seriously would not have you could not got your 50 dollars off your mattress you wouldn't have got access to the the perfect mattress sheets and pillows that is out there on (laughs) this could have been tragic all right so anyway casper.com slash jazz all right, thanks very much uh, for tuning in to today's program. We'll take you through all the things I mentioned earlier, some news around the NBA uh, and some surprising little uh, losses and, and news notes and some of the box scores that are out there. We'll kind of check what's going on around uh, the rest of the world uh, as well. Of course, there's the Lockdown Podcast Network you can always check out. Uh, check out what the Eric Garcia Gunderson is saying about the Blazers and how they looked, which was really good, uh, against the Jazz last night and see what you think of that. Uh, all those are available to you. All right, let's let's go. Tristan Nielsen. My name is Tristan Nielsen. He is our pin across the world. I'm 19 years old. I'm from Syracuse, Utah. I have loved the Utah Jazz for as long as I can remember. My grandpa had two season tickets to the Jazz also for as long as I can remember. So growing up, I was lucky to have the privilege of going to games. I was born in the year 1997, the year the Jazz made the finals. I like to consider myself a good luck charm to the Jazz because I was born that year. Yes, I know they didn't win, but that's just because luck can't be beat the incredible talent of Michael Jordan. My mom always tells me about when she was watching the John Stockton shot with me and 
per lap wearing Utah Jazz onesie. My first memory of the Jazz, when I was at a game, I looked up on the Jumbotron and was amazed to see the size of Carl Malone's arms. I don't think I could pick out a favorite memory I have uh, of cheering for the Jazz, but one of my favorites was getting Jerry Sloan's autograph on my throwback green and yellow John Stockton jersey. Signed it with a silver Sharpie that you could barely see on the green jersey. So being a young kid, that was, at the time, all I needed. I walked right back to the front of the line with no regard for people who were waiting and showed Jerry that he couldn't even read the autograph he had just given me. He laughed, told me he was happy I came back, reached out with his ginormous hand, took the jersey and signed again, this time in black Sharpie, and now I have the jersey signed twice by the greatest coach of all time. It's a great story. Like I said, I don't think I could pick out one single favorite moment. All I can say is there's no better feeling than being in the arena when something happens that makes the fans go crazy. Those are the moments I live for. I wish I could share all my memories of being a Jazz fan, but if I did, this email would turn into a novel. My dream is one day to be on the training staff of the Utah Jazz. I love fitness. I'm a personal trainer. Working for the Jazz would be a dream come true. I would call, be proud to call myself a member of the best organization in the NBA. So, there we go. That is Tristan Nielsen our pin across the world today. You can send me yours at dlock09 at gmail.com. Let's get to our tip-off story of the day. Well, preseason game number one, the Jazz lost. I wouldn't put a lot into it. They opened up and looked brilliant, and you began to probably have these moments of like, oh, my gosh, how great are we going to be? And then they quickly flipped that back around uh, in in how they – uh, how it looked by the end. Uh, the, the here, the, I had two uh, takeaways going forward that I think are relevant, and then we'll dig into some other uh, no, notes along the way. Uh, the two that I had were how good both Gordon Hayward and Derek Favors looked. The story really coming out of camp was that both these guys have have you know Dennis Lindsay says they show their interest in your organization with their feet, and both Gordon and Derek spent the offseason in Salt Lake. They may be uh, the first players ever in Jazz history to spend the entire offseason uh, in Salt Lake. Uh, Quinn told a story on the coaches' show about the the check marks that were on the wall. Uh, Gordon's 7.30 in the morning workouts uh, asked an awful lot of the staff, uh, but they were there with him every day. Ike, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, the other coaches, and uh, Gordon's just dedication. The game looks so tremendously uh, easier for him than it has in the past. He is doesn't he's stronger than whoever's guarding him. He's as quick as whoever's guarding him. Uh, the, the shot looks easy. Even he took a he took a contested late shot clock fadeaway. He was long on it. Uh, he was the same thing happened uh, in a practice the other day on a shot that where you just you don't end up long. Unless you're, uh, you know, unless you, you really are, I mean, your strength level to be long on a shot like that is what I'm trying to say, is you just, those fadeaways usually come up short. Uh, he just, he looks in control. He looks calm. Uh, Ron was, was clearly moved by it during the broadcast of just how easy the game looks for him, and that's how Gordon has looked throughout training camp is that the game just looks easy. And talking to him a little bit, he says it feels easier uh, right now. The other one was Favors' work. Uh, Favors, uh, I thought, looked terrific. His rim protection was was better than it has been. His movement uh, was better than it has been in in many ways. His uh, When he 
he got one-on-one when these guys figure out who everybody is and they end up getting some space on the floor and can throw decent entry passes. That was that was the one thing uh, that was kind of striking to me more than anything else was how bad the entry passes were when Favors, in the opening part of the third quarter, when Favors uh, was trying to get in the post on Mo Harkless, we're going to have to get better at throwing those passes into Derek and let him take advantage and own those moments. Uh, but I, I thought he, he looked solid on a, sh- on a f- mid-level jump shot. Uh, he looked terrific on a spin move to the post. He's a fabulous finisher on a pick and roll. Uh, you know, so the two guys who put in the t- most uh, amount of work and seemed to be kind of the stories of the offseason, showed that in preseason game number one. The on-floor takeaway that I had, that I'll, and I'll get into some more, that I thought was the biggest, was a new twist to the offense, which I, I think is similar to what Dallas has run for years with the early drag screen with Tyson Jalen. In the, in the years past under Quinn, our guys really came and got to set positions. The last night, what we saw was the point guard would bring the ball up, and he and the five would communicate. It looked like it was the five most of the time, would try to communicate. Now, there were some times where there was confusion on who the five was, which you just have when you have new players out on the floor, so this wasn't perfectly smooth. But the center, whoever it is, would kind of usually the last guy up the floor. The balls come up in an early push. If it's not there, then the next, the center's the last guy up, and the point guard and he just kind of communicate on where the pick's coming, how it's coming, and rather than the center going all the way to the free throw line or even down lower and then coming back up for the pick, he's setting the pick on his way down the floor, which is creating earlier action in the offense. Uh, It's what Quinn talked about at one point in training camp uh, on one of these shows I had about just some early front side action. I think that's what he was speaking of when he talked about that. We saw it last night. George Hill got a nice layup off it. The Jazz got some other actions off it. That's going to be as these guys begin to understand themselves, uh, each other, and how they fit on the roster, uh, a huge part of this offense. Today's show is brought to you, my friends, over at Sherlock Intelligence. They're a data collection company. and, you know, this is the day and age of data. And, frankly, if you own a company or, or if, you know, just hypothetically, if you're starting in a company like I am and you you don't use data, well, and don't take advantage of it, you're probably being negligent. Um, so that's where I have uh, started to work with them is to use them to help me on our listener numbers on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's a very easy, basic project for them. They can do so much better stuff because the first thing they're going to do for your company, if you own a company, is they're going to they're going to capture data from multiple sources to give you a holistic picture of what your company is, where it's coming, where customers are. Then they do a wonderful job, which I am very visual, of putting it out there in visual manner so I can see it and understand it. And then the third part is they help me analyze what it means. So, again, I can only reference what I'm doing, which is the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're looking at what days of the week have more listeners. If you post it at a certain time, does it increase the audience? What shows are growing? Why did they, what, ooh, Where's the growth spurred from? Did our advertising, national advertising spark that growth? All sorts of these things. These are very, very basic. They can take it to so much of a deeper level for you and help your business use the data to grow profits, find 
patterns and know your customers. And that is really where you want to use uh, Sherlock Intelligence for your company. So check them out. It's SherlockIntelligence.com or call 855-339-7774. So 855-339-7774. As a, you know, Larry Bird, uh, number nine's Roy Hobbs from The Natural. The airplane, the seven seven seven, and then Adrian Dantley. Uh, the front side's eight uh, five five. So it's Darren Williams, Dikembe Mutombo, Larry Bird, Roy Hobbs, airplane, Adrian Dantley. Just remember that. That's easy. Come on, eight five five three three nine seven 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 four, or email me uh, if you want to know more. It's Sherlock Intelligence. Dot com. Let them analyze your data and help you compete with the big boys and give you the holistic picture of what's going on. All right, the new guys were a lot of our focus, and none of them looked particularly comfortable. George Hill, who had the ball in his hands, who dictates the game, probably looked the most comfortable. Joe Johnson, interesting, suddenly looked a lot like Rodney Hood uh, in how he was getting shots and looks. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not necessarily, I think, what... Uh, the Jazz are hoping for from Joe Johnson. The, the corner three shot attempts that uh, Joe was so good in, in Miami getting, uh, he didn't get last night. He, he, you know, when he came out of the floor and then we kind of looked discombobulated, so his plus minus uh, was horrendous last night. Uh, I don't think that's a statement of Joe. It just is a statement that they, they clearly weren't comfortable. Uh, Boris last night. Same kind of thing. You just don't, you didn't see him, and he's been playing in a system where the comfort level is at an all-time high, so you just didn't see him moving the basketball with the Christmas that he usually does uh, where and where he has in practice and and things of that sort to kind of make him f- where you can see how incredibly comfortable uh, he has been at times. So, you know, both those guys didn't look nearly as good as I would suspect they're going to look as the year goes on. Uh, I'm not particularly worried about it, uh, and we've got to figure out how to use them and, and where they're going to fit into things. That that was the one thing, I, and I think we're going to see a lot of it, is the first substitution was Boris in, and he played with Rudy. Finally, he played a little bit with Favors later, and I was uh, pretty interested to see uh, that combination. Didn't see a lot of that combo. The Boris-Rudy one didn't seem as comfortable as it could have been. Uh, Rudy, I thought, had an impactful game. You could see where his length continues to impact. Well, that's another one you know, that, that same connectivity that Quinn's talking about has to happen on the defensive level. There were two or three plays where someone drove to the basket, ran into Rudy, probably Dame or CJ, and then they threw it out, and our guy didn't stay tethered to the defensive guy because they were going down to help. Well, if Rudy's down there, you probably don't need to help. You know, Rudy's um, big enough. There was a f- another player, too, where Damian Lillard is just so special that they absolutely, you know, incredibly stopped him uh, or, you know, put once he went around favors another time he slowed down the dribble, got Rudy off balance, slid right by him in that little crease. I mean, he is just, he's just terrific. I mean, that's just one of the best players in the NBA. It was so great to watch 
that kind of talent uh, there again. Uh, but I thought that that you know connectivity defensive wise, you could just see uh, some open looks being allowed there that they that they don't usually. Uh, allow Rudy did have a little bit of a hard time catching the ball again that's going to be a huge story for him is the ability to be strong enough with his base comfortable enough that he can catch better now those are hard catches in traffic a lot of guys around him uh, holding grabbing rebounds and really forcefully holding on to them and not getting them knocked out of his hands Uh, and again he's so long that he's able at times to go get rebounds that other guys can't get so he's probably further off balance further away uh, from some areas that you know, make it more. You know, make it harder for him to hold on. So we have to probably uh, try to understand what his experience on that is a little bit. But at the same time, I would say it's it's clear that uh, you know those those are an area where he has uh, still got a struggle. Probably could improve a little bit. His numbers were pretty good last night, so it's hard to to really criticize uh, on that. Back to where I was though on combinations, I didn't see kind of what I anticipated. I don't think Joe ever played the four last night. Um, Trey Lyles did in you know in preseason. You want to make sure you get Trey that time. Uh, Dante is if we're gonna play Joe a lot at the four and Trey a lot at the four. Um, then you've got to have enough wing players, and so Dante's got to play well, or George Hill's got to play with someone, and Dante did not play particularly well in his first game back in 14 months. Uh, So Joe played predominantly the three, which I'm not sure that that's at this stage of his career where he's going to be at his best. Um, There just wasn't a lot of fluidity into some of the things that Jazz were doing, and then when they got into their flow offense and it slowed down and guys weren't sure where to go, then it slowed down uh, even more. This is not anything to worry about this is just what happened uh along the way last night uh so you know i think we we didn't see all those roster combinations uh one area derek uh this derek's gonna have to do well is opening up of the third quarter the blazers opened up with cj mccullen damian lillard alan Krabs then came in Mo Harkless slid to the four and they played ed davis so they played a very kind of small athletic lineup and then Derek had a hard time staying with Mo Harkless, who hit back-to-back threes in that stretch out at the four. And if the Jazz are going to play favors and go bear a lot, then they're going to have to defensively be ter- – Derek's going to have to be able to get out and guard the three-point line defensively. Flip side is you're then Derek's going to have to uh, – have an impact offensively, and we couldn't throw good enough entry passes in. We turned it over two times trying to throw the passes into Derek in the post. Even that, though, gets to be a little bit of a a tricky situation because what you're really doing is you're trading threes, three shots for twos, and that's not a great equation, and you've got to be a little careful about that. The three-point shot last night uh, was really interesting. The Blazers shot about 42% of their shots as threes. Uh, there's a podcast coming out later today with me and Kevin Pelton on Locked on NBA about the fact that they, you know, where we are with three-point shots, how often they're being taken, and I took the over on 30% of the shots in the league going to be threes. The Blazers I sh- certainly show that. The Jazz uh, took half as many threes last night as the Blazers, and they've got to find a way to make sure that that's not the case for the season. Uh, I would hope that we're up at 32-33% of our shots as threes. The teams that take the most threes win in this league, and you simply need to be in that group of players, uh, of teams, and you've got to have your players shooting uh, those threes and, and making them. Uh, and 
you know, Joe, who's got to take some of them, kind of became into that pound the ball into the middle of the lane instead of shooting the threes. We just didn't have the floor spacing and the creation that we are hoping to have. Portland does a pretty good job of taking that away. Uh, so those are kind of my major takeaways last night. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Dante in just a moment. I'm not uh, – I kind of have purposely left that because I don't – uh, I don't think it's a particularly uh, large issue. Uh, it's kind of what I anticipate. So I'll talk about that in a second. Let me tell you about Casper mattresses. Casper is a sleep brand more than just a, you know uh, only mattresses. Casper was created they, the one perfect mattress sold directly to customers, eliminating the commission-driven inflated price. I mean, if you think about mattresses, they're so expensive and notoriously high match- markup. So Casper came in and said, okay, there's a, there's a hole in this marketplace. Let's create an award-winning sleep surface developed with a sleek design. It's delivered in a small size box it's like how did they possibly do that it's crazy um the technology is so awesome and then they've revolutionized it by cutting the cost uh getting the resellers and the showrooms and all that stuff out that everyone that you used to be paying for and so that's why casper is the answer for you so let's start first with okay if you're going to get a mattress it better it's nice to have it be cheaper and it's nice to have it be uh delivered right to you those and not you know, all the other things. But the best part about it is the quality. They combine a springy latex and supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got the just the right sink, right bounce, breathable design, absolutely terrific uh, temperature through the night. So that's the first thing is it's got to be comfortable, and Casper has done that with their award-winning technology that they have. The second thing is, yeah, this is kind of new, and it's out of the box, literally. So what happens if it doesn't work out for me? I'm nervous about this. Well, Casper's taking care of that. Free delivery, free returns, 100-night home trial for you. So it's completely risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up, refund you everything. And Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit to it. So this makes a lot of sense. Now, the cost is really cool. Mattresses for a twin size are $500. For a full, 750 For a queen, it's 850 And for a king, it's 950 But for you, it's actually less than that. Because when you go, you're going to go to Casper dot com slash jazz and when you do you'll see immediately that you get fifty dollars off the mattress uh that you're going to buy so a uh, fabulous kind of little deal there for you uh with that to make sure that you get even a better experience uh along the way so that is the latest from casper the obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price the answer for you right there at casper.com slash jazz uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy that as much as everybody else has and take advantage of that deal for you. Casper.com slash jazz. All right, so Dante Exum did not look particularly good last night. He hit two threes. It's his first game in 14 months, uh, so I don't think we should have expected a lot, though I understand that there's kind of this instinct of hoping he's going to be just fabulous. Um, he was very tentative around the basket. Uh, he was... Uh, detrimental to the team's success a little bit, I think, at times is a fair way to say it, uh, with just how passive he was. He was running the pick and roll, not looking to get the shot off the one shot. He got off in that mid-range, looked very awkward. Uh, but he let, let's remember who he was before the injury, which was a young, developing 19-year-old player who uh, needed a lot of strides to take place, and his development got stymied with that injury, there's no reason for us to anticipate that he was going to be vastly different uh, 
to when we suddenly saw him today. I understand the natural instinct I had it too that you hoped he'd just come out and show this flash or that, and he didn't. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. I've said that we. I think you have to really let Dante be until uh, about the 41st game of the year and see how he's beginning to develop and see if he's showing signs. It's nice to see him hit those two outside shots because some of his shooting numbers his rookie year are a little scary uh, in regards to future development. So it's nice to see him make those shots. He's worked so hard on the shot. That's important to him. He has struggled in practice finishing at the rim. And so I'm sure that's a little bit of his hesitancy that we saw was that he's looking to do something other than trying to finish at the rim. And he's going to have to gain uh, the confidence to be able to uh, to make those moves and do those things around them. It's going to take time. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a de- delicate balance for the Jazz on trying to win and develop him at the same time, I think, over the first half of the season. But the hopefully long-term uh, success on Dante is going to, you know, we're in the long process and to rule that along. Uh, by the way, Alec Burks was not available. He's still going through rehab. They're, they're kind of taking the same approach with him, making sure his body's all the way right. Uh, you know, I think if it was 15 years ago, he probably would have played by now and probably would have re-injured himself uh, by now as you really are trying to get him to uh, get all the way right, get him to have an impact. And he's important. And I saw the rotations last night. He's, he's an important player uh, for the Jazz to have out there uh, and, and having an impact on things because he is uh, al- he allows some of that flexibility that we've been talking about the whole time for the Jazz uh, without. All right, let's run through some of the things that happened last night around the NBA on uh, the preseason games on our headlines brought to you by todaysfastbreak.com. Check out uh, kind of a great site there for you of all kind of the latest news of what's taking place. Uh, todaysfastbreak.com. There were two... Uh, News notes, or one out of Phoenix that was interesting, is that Earl Watson has announced that Eric Bledsoe and Devin Booker will be their starting backcourt. And so Brandon Knight will come off the bench. Tyler Ulis will, I don't know how he's going to get any time, but he's an interesting young prospect uh, for them. But Earl announcing that Bledsoe and Booker will start and, then, and really sold it up that Brandon Knight gets the chance to be the sixth man of the year. Uh, so nice job with Earl trying to tie him in. Uh, Steven Adams suffered a sprained right ankle in the Thunder loss. Thunder lost to Real Madrid. J.C. Carroll had a nice game former Utah State uh, player in that one uh, kind of an interesting story out of Chicago with Dwayne Wade and how he's stopping practices and screaming and yelling at everyone I think I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast uh, will be interesting to kind of keep an eye on Fred Hoiberg's kind of seemingly passivity in coaching this team uh, the Pelicans cut Chris Copeland less than two weeks after signing him Copeland's kind of an interesting player that a lot of people thought was going to be uh, pretty good along the way and have was not uh, and has not been uh, so far. So that's, uh, he just, you know, a lot of people I know uh, really had high hopes uh, for Copeland, thought he was going to kind of be able to be a stretch player, and it never worked out. I I think if I remember correctly, he was on the Jazz radar uh, pretty heavily one offseason along the way, and and they never signed him, and and maybe luckily uh, so. So uh, that's kind of the latest on what's going on. Jazz will practice today uh, here in Phoenix at Arizona State, and then uh, we will head over and play another one tomorrow, and we'll see what little adjustments made. There. You know, very quickly though, I would say this: very quickly, with only six 
preseason games, we run out of time to try different, you know, if you give up a game here, you you do run out of some time for the combinations, uh, matchups, what you're trying to do. I would suspect we'll see a little Joe Johnson at the four in this next game. We didn't ever get to that. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be curious to see whether or not um, we change a lot. Or and that's the other one is gosh it's such a small sample size uh, in one game against you know a really really good Portland team uh, do you, how much do you want to do uh, the other one by the way is just that anthem story the anthem story and the protests around the anthem continue the jazz players all put their arms around each other uh, some had their hand on their heart some of the staff had their hand on their heart while their arms around the their other arms around the guy next to them. Uh, the jazz players uh, have kind of been in a continual conversation with the organization, and the organization's been very clear to the players that they'll support who they are. We have an interesting group, right? We have four or five foreign players. We've got kids from all across the country. You know, you've got Gordon Hayward and George Hill, both from Indianapolis, but somewhat different Indianapolises. You've you've got Southern kid like Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson. You've got uh, so just it's a you know you've got Joel Ballenboy and who's from the Ukraine through Texas. Uh, it's kind of an incredible group, two Australians, two French, uh, a Brazilian, a uh, very interesting kind of mix and match of players and people, uh, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, Derek Favors. And so it's interesting to see them in this kind of come together in unity and try to figure it out, the organization, uh, trying to support them in that in, in whatever way they feel is the right way for them to express themselves and, it's 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 an interesting time uh, for these players who I've talked about have been pushed out into the forefront of where things are, and you know I thought they did that nicely. It's, it'll evolve though. You know things can happen in this world that could change how people feel about all of these items and where these protests go and how they happen. And uh, we're we're in a we're in a funky time, and you know new news changes the world, and uh, which is obvious. And so who knows? You know what. What's you know? There's no set thing. The Blazers sat in a cir- closed circle and I, uh, with their arms around each other, looking inward. Um, I think that would be actually an interesting one if they did it outward, right? So that they're all in a circle but looking out as though they're more inclusive. But I don't really know. You know, everyone's got their own group and, and their own connection of what they're trying to say. And and you know, Dame is probably leading that group and with quite some experience of of what's being felt and understood. Uh, around the country by different people. That is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Thanks to Sherlock Intelligence for their sponsorship of the show today. You can go to SherlockIntelligence.com or 855-339-7774. 855-339-7774. And to Casper, go to Casper.com slash jazz to get $50 off your mattress purchase and 100-day free trial as well. Locked on NBA with Kevin Pelt will be posted today. Check out all the rest of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. And for your latest NBA news, go to todaysfastbreak.com.